Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. This podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high-achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. This is what my six-month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self-care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life? Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, and ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high-level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brigjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. Hey guys, 
episode 159. And this one's gonna be fun because it's my birthday episode. When you listen to last week's episode, that was actually December the 11th. That's the day it dropped. That was my birthday. And so I'm recording this afterwards. And can I just admit, it wasn't the easiest of birthdays. I've had some easy, like 50 was an easy birthday. 55 was an easy birthday. 59, it wasn't as easy because there's something about knowing this is the last of my 50s. I was looking, y'all, I was looking so forward to my 50s because I'm like, I'm a grown ass woman, finally. But now 60 is like, Oh, well, I've already been a grown-ass woman. (laughs) Now am I an old-ass woman? But I don't think that's it. I think I've got some work to do on, and we all do, on what we think 60 is, 70 is, and aging. And so I've just come buttoned up against my beliefs about what 60 is and what it means. Because when I look at a mirror and when I look at my life, I'm like, it doesn't add up to what the vision of 60 looks like. So I'm determined to make my next years my best years. Like the best is ahead of me, not behind me. Like literally my better years are ahead of me. That's what I'm like. I am going to create that. That's what's going to happen. So y'all follow along because my road to 60 this year is going to be fun. I've got so many amazing, adventurous things for me to do throughout this year. I just turned 59. So that means December 11th, 2024 is when I turn 60. And I want this entire year to be a year where I just celebrate and do some crazy stuff like climb Kilimanjaro and go to carnival and walk around with a thong on and tassels, right? And shake my ass. Like I'm going to run in the Brooklyn Marathon in April because that was the city that I was born in. So just using this year to like break through my own barrier of what 60 looks like, what it feels like. Is it limiting or can this be my best years? Like I haven't experienced the best love, the best relationships, friendships, the best connection. I haven't experienced the best sex. Like I haven't experienced the best vacation or adventures or outings. Like I haven't done the best yet. Like the best is in front of me. And that gives me a reason to celebrate. And so I wanted to take this podcast. And at first, y'all, I was literally going to go, okay, 59 things. And I was like, that's going to be, first of all, that's going to be a long ass podcast. And Even if I just went real quick, like love Miss George or such, such, like all of the stuff, I wouldn't give context. So what I decided to do was I'm going to give you the top five for 59. And I'm going to give you 
one key lesson from each decade of my life. I'm going to give you five pivotal lessons. Y'all know every time I say that word, I cannot say it. So snicker if you want, but we all have that word. I don't know what your word is, but you can text me, DM me, and let me know what your word is. Mine's is uh, statistics, which I think I finally can say quickly without thinking about it, and pivotal. Anyway, I'm going to give you five pivotal lessons or insights that I gained from each decade. Now, I'm working with a speaker coach, Leslie Maxioli. Guys, if you guys want a speaker and to work on your craft as a speaker, hire this woman. She's amazing. She takes you through concepts. So she's been having me do this work and like telling stories from each one and gaining information from it so that I can use in speeches. And I'm not going to do that, but just going through that process helped me to see what the big lessons of the decades were. So let's get started. First, we're going to go with childhood to teens. And the lesson was discovery. It's the lesson of discovery. What my formative years and how it shaped my curiosity for the future and my path. And my biggest lesson and takeaway from zero to childhood through my teenage years was you will never fit in or be liked by everyone. And that is okay. Like, I think I didn't learn the, and that is okay until way, way later, (laughs) probably like my thirties, but my childhood and teens was all about, which most of us are all about fitting in and being liked and how much I prioritize being liked over everything. Like if they liked me, it was okay that I wasn't me when they liked me. In other words, As long as they liked me, I didn't even have to be me. I just had to be the version of me that they liked and I could be that for them. And so what it ended up being was, of course, I didn't like me, right? That was some of the best work that I did. And I think that work actually took me through my 20s and 30s, but it started in my childhood and teens. For so long, I thought I was wrong if someone didn't like me. If someone didn't like me, I took it upon myself. Like, what do you mean you don't like me? I am wrong. Not that it was okay that they didn't like me, that something was wrong with me. And I think for women, especially us marginalized women, our safety comes from people liking us because if people like us, then they don't do things to us or they don't hurt us or harm us or take advantage of us. And since we don't have anybody to have our back because as black women who like we shed our tears and ain't nobody paying attention, right? They're telling us to stop crying or you're making a big deal of it. Like that's not what it was meant. So therefore it was even more important for everybody to like us because we didn't have a recourse, right? We couldn't go tell anybody because no one was going to support our saying, hey, this is happening. Now, thank God that that has changed for us. 
But this was the decade in which I grew up. It's also interesting for us as we go through these processes, as we like go through childhood and teens to even be okay with or realize that the people who used to like you, as you grow and evolve, they may not continue to like you. And sometimes we make that even a bigger problem because it's like, wait a minute. And then we think we did something wrong when we evolved. And actually, again, the thought area is that everybody is supposed to like us. It's okay if they don't. And it's okay that you may be uncomfortable with it, but everybody doesn't have to like you. How about that? So Jill Scott says the best, right? Hate on me, hater, right? She says, if I could give you the world on a silver platter, would it even matter? You'd still be mad at me. If I can find all this, a dozen roses, which I would give you, you'll still be miserable. In reality, I'm going to be who I be, and I don't feel no faults for all the lies that you bought. You can try as you may bring me down when I say that it ain't up to you. Go on, do what you're going to do. Hate on me, hater. Now or later, because I'm going to do me. Y'all be made, baby. Go ahead and hate, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sing it because y'all know I really, 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 really want, it, want to, right? But that's the thing is like that lesson for me was it's okay that people don't like me. And as women, we really have to see that tie that we actually think that something is wrong with us when they don't like us. We did something wrong. And that actually is not the case, right? I don't have to go into why people like you with your thoughts and everything. Just the lesson for that was that it is okay. All right. Now, Let's go with the 20s, the decade of the 20s. This is the lesson of growth. And my key takeaway from my early adult years that contributed to my professional growth. And what I can say about my early 20s is I tried everything and I failed and I failed frequently and I failed all the fucking time. I tried everything in so much so that people like my closest, like my husband and my mom and everybody thought like they had this image of me as a quitter because I would try something and not work and I would try something else and it wouldn't work. And I would try this and I would try that. And I was just trying everything. It was my year of growth and there is no growth without attempting. There is no growth without putting yourself out there. There is no growth without failing. So it was my year of trying everything and failing frequently and learning how to be with myself in those failures, despite what my husband thought about it, despite what my mom thought about it, despite what my friends thought about it. I embraced failure in my 20s. And someone else, one of my friends, Tavana Boggs, Tavana, if you're listening, I don't know if you listen to my podcast, but if you're listening, hey girl, hey. But she gave me a different perspective on this because that failure and failing all the time and like making that a bad thing, like I was a failure. I just kept like, 
She gave it a different term. And if you're in this situation where you're trying everything, first of all, there is no growth without failure. There's no growth without trying. There's no growth without picking ourselves up after every failure and recovering. The growth is in not in falling, but in the recovery after the fall. How often do you pick yourself up? How quick do you pick yourself up and try again? When you start failing frequently, you get good at failing and you get even better about getting up and recovering. And that's the key. And I learned that in my 20s. That served me so well in my 50s, but I learned it in my 20s. So if you're failing, no problem. But We can also describe it, as Tavana said, as your Goldilocks period. You know how Goldilocks was like, "Mm, I'll try this. No, I'm not so. This is too hot. This is too cold. And this is just right. What if instead of we're saying it's failing, what if instead of we're like, I'm trying and I'm quitting, what if we called it our Goldilocks era? Are you in your Goldilocks era? Are you trying different things in your business, in your relationships, in dating? You're trying all the different races, all the different, like, I'm going to be this way. I'm going to be like, you're trying techniques. You're trying everything. Instead of saying failing, instead of feeling discouraged, what if you called it your Goldilocks era, right? If you're doing something new in your business or career, or you're making switches and you don't know, and you're not for sure, Goldilocks era. Try it that way. See if that helps. It was the best thing for me. I am so grateful for my 20-year-old self that there was not a multi-level marketing thing that I didn't do in my 20s. I won my car in like six months in Mary Kay. I did it all. It was like something came through. Yep, I'm going to try it, right? And I loved that era. All right, so let's talk about the 30s. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the 30s, now I got married at 22. I got divorced in my 30s. I started having kids at 28. I had my last one at 33. So I had one at 20, 28, one at 30, and one at 32. By the time she was born, I was, was close to 33. So my lessons of resilience came in my 30s. Facing challenges and building resilience was the lessons for my 30s, right? Like my facing challenge was, do I want to remain in this marriage? Having kids, what's best for my kids? Making decisions, not just for me, but for other people. So it was like all the things. My 30s was the year where I chose me and realized that choosing me was the best thing for my kids. Like that lesson I got in my 30s, right? I got the lesson of go for the bigger thing. It's the year that I decided not only am I going to get a divorce, not only am I like going to be a single mother with a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old, but I decided to quit my job, live on I don't know what and how I did it, and go back to anesthesia school for two and a half years, I couldn't work and I had three small kids and no support other than a very, very small child support. When I say very, very small child support, I mean very, very small child support check. And I had a house note, a car note, and daycare. The child support didn't cover one of those alone. 
I might have covered the car note, but that was it, right? It didn't cover two of them for sure. So my 30s was the year where all those so-called failures, all that trying everything is where I was like, oh, I get to like choose me and put myself to the test because I knew how to fail. So taking a big risk in my 30s, which is what I did, like that big risk wouldn't have been available to me had I not failed so many times and picked myself up in my 20s because I was willing to swing for the fences. And I bet on me by quitting my job, racking up all this debt to go to anesthesia school. You've already known if you heard my story, like how many Fs I have on my, because I told you my 20s, I would sign up for stuff. I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I wouldn't even drop the courses. I would just stop going. And so I had like seven or eight Fs on my report card. And so all of that showed me, A, that your past has absolutely nothing to do with what you can create in the future, even though we always tell ourselves like we look to our past to support our ability or our capability. And those two things are not tied together, even though we think they are. I just use that as fuel. Like I was willing to bet on me. And I think the reason why I was willing to bet on me is because I got comfortable with failing in my 20s. So sometimes you just have to get comfortable with failing before the big thing comes that you can swing for the fences with and bet on you and turn it around, right? So it's the whole entire process. So for me, it was putting myself out to the test. And I did the hard shit over and over again. And I got stronger in my 30s. It was where I realized like I wanted to lose weight after I had the kids. I was like, I was 80, I was 90 pounds overweight. I think I was like 220 and I wanted to get the weight off. So first thing I did was like, I'm going to start running or walking so I walked to the mailbox and was out of breath, right? And then I walked around a block. And then eventually I was like, I'm going to get on my bike and I'm going to ride 100 kilometers, which is 62 miles. And I trained for that and I did that. And once I did that, I was like, oh, I'm going to run a marathon next. I trained for that. That was in July. The marathon was in December. So from July until December, I trained for that and completed my one and only full marathon. I went to half marathons after that. I think it's the perfect <laughs> race length, but I trained for that. Once I stacked those two or three, because by that time I had lost 90 pounds. So I lost 90 pounds. I've cycled 100K race, road race. I've ran a full marathon. So now I have all these wins on me. And each time I did something hard, my capability, my belief in myself grew. And I just kept doing upping the game. And so after those three things, I was like, I am going to apply to anesthesia school. I don't think had I not done those other three things, I would never have said I'm going to apply to anesthesia school in a vacuum. It had to come with me building those things and stacking my wins. So are you stacking your wins? 
Are you starting out with something smaller and then going up and then going up and then building your belief in your capabilities and creating that capability loop where it's like capability, confidence, capability, confidence. The more you show yourself, the more capable you are, the more confident you are to go to the next goal. And a lot of times when I'm telling my clients to like celebrate themselves, to stack wins on purpose, this is what I'm tapping into. When you start showing yourself that you can do hard stuff, you're capable, then you start having the confidence to try even bigger stuff. And then you try it and then you you succeed and you try again and you succeed. Like the things you start shooting for, like shooting for the fences gets bigger and bigger, but we don't shoot for the fences and win without those small incremental stacks. So where is it that you need to stack some wins in intentionally, right? And stop going for the fences like all or nothing. Where is it that you can prorate yourself up there or upgrade slowly in that area? Like maybe it's not, I'm going to lose 90 pounds. Maybe it was like me, like I'm just going to run around the block, right? And then it was, I'm just going to ride seven miles. And then it was, I'm just going to ride 10 miles, 15 miles. And each week I just ever so slowly moved whatever it was until eventually I got to 62 miles, did 62 miles. Then it was like, I'm going to run a marathon. Then it was three miles. It went back down, right? Three miles running, four miles running, five miles. Where can you slowly build yourself up intentionally on point, taking very loving care of yourself? Okay, stacking your wins, right? The more you see you're capable, the more confident you are. 40s. This is a lesson of reflection. It's the wisdom I gained from being introspective and reassessment of my life. And the reassessment of my life was, my 40s was my year of my picker was off. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the picker. I picked some doozies in my 40s. I was like, where did these men come from? And how in the hell did I try to make lives with them? And my picker was completely off, but I know now why introspective, right? Wisdom of reassessment. I know why is because I believe that my kids needed to see me to be in a loving home of a man and a woman and discounted the fact that we were already a family. Of course, with that knowledge, I put up with shit that I had no business putting up with because I thought my kids needed that. They needed me to show them a family and we weren't a family according to society. And I never questioned it. So introspection, 40s, yeah. I did a whole bunch of shit that I'm like, oh, we were already a family. We were already abundant. We were already filled. And had I made those decisions from that, we're not lacking. I don't think I would have put up with 90% of the shit that I put it up with. Like those men probably wouldn't have lasted more than a month or two, right? But so good to understand. My 40s was the year when I realized wasn't a damn thing wrong with me. I went through all the guys and I like, here's the deal. When you grow and you build that resilience and like you ride the, the bike and you do the long ride, right? And then you run a marathon. And then next thing you know, you're losing 90 pounds and then you're, 
in anesthesia school and then you finish anesthesia school. And not only did I finish anesthesia school, but the next stack was I bought a business with my sign-on bonus from anesthesia school. So not only am I nurse anesthesiologist, but I am a business owner. I bought a franchise. So it's like one after another, one win after a win. I am confident. I am showing myself I am capable. And I am with men who are telling me, like, here's the funny thing. You know how you with people or how people who don't make money, don't have a strategy to make money, don't know how to manage their money, but shame you for your money and how you spend it? Yeah, that thing, right? It's like, I was with people who were, like, they didn't feel comfortable with my confidence, but I had built that up. So the only way they could do it was to tell me that something was wrong with me. And again, that lesson from my 30s, when people don't like me, especially people who are close with me, something's wrong with me. In my 40s is when I finished the lessons of my childhood teens of it's okay that people don't like me. My 40s is when I realized ain't a damn thing wrong with me. Like, no, boo. I'm not doing anything wrong. You can't even balance a checkbook, but you're telling me I'm wrong. No. And so my 40s was a beautiful time of me embracing that there was nothing wrong with me and that it was okay that I was where I was. And that's when I realized, no, we were already a family and I didn't have to put up with all the shit that I was putting up with. And it was such a relief and amazing. Now, let's go to the 50s because the 50s was the fun one. The 50s, which is one I'm in now, is lessons of mastery. It's like the insights from reaching a stage of expertise and maturity. And I really do believe that's what happened. Like once I realized, oh, not a goddamn thing wrong with me, my 50s was all about leaning into that. It's like I put up with a whole lot less shit. I learned to be in a house by myself, no TV, no radio, enjoying the peace and quiet in my thoughts. And I am okay and safe within my own thoughts, in my own body, in my own house, right? Like that safety of being by yourself. I didn't have to distract myself from anything amazing the maturity that 50s brought to me. 50 was the year where it was mastery and it was just leaning into all the choices that I made. It was leaning into all of those other four different lessons. It was leaning to into, it's okay that other people don't like me. It was leaning into, I get to make mistakes. I don't have to be perfect. It's my season of growth. I get to do hard things and find out I'm capable. The lessons of my 40s, which was like, ain't a damn thing wrong with me, right? My 50s was about assembling all of those in into maturity, like taking all of those individual lessons and maturing them and embodying them. And I think that is one of the beauties of where I'm at now as a coach, because I'm coaching on stuff that I have literally experienced and gone on the other side and not just experienced it once, but once, twice, three times, four times, right? And I have that perspective from mastery 
and maturity of it's not going to kill you. But boy, do we think it is when we're going through it or we think it's the kiss of death. And oh, my God, I'll never like I've had all those experiences. And the 50s is amazing for mastering that. I don't know what my 60s is going to bring as far as like what the theme of it is. But I, like I already said, I'm determined to make my 60s my best years. Like my best years are ahead of me. And I'm looking forward to loving myself more, taking care of myself more, having more adventures and sharing that with my clients and you, because I think you guys are my clients. And just really embracing this badass thing called life. I love it. And just have fun with me as I spend this last year enjoying 59. And we're going to see what uh, 60 brings a year from now. So if you have any insights, if this helped you for sure, send me a message, brig at brigjohnson.com. You can email me. If you want me to go over anything or you have a great podcast topic for me to talk about in the new year, if you're struggling with something, reach out. Hey, Brig, can you cover this topic? I really need help on this. I would love to cover topics that you guys would find that helps you and are relevant. Because if you're asking someone and need it, someone else does too. I promise you. And as always, write a review, guys. I'm still asking for the reviews. <laughs> Must not be asking in the right way because I still ain't getting them. Y'all, come on and help a sister out. Because it's getting ready to go into 2024 and I got no reviews in 2023. Like my last review was in 2022. Come on, y'all. Anyway, I love you. Thank you for sharing this birthday with me. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation? I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. <laughs> That's Deeply Rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.